Hi, Mike Douglas here with Advancing Vibrant Communities. Our guest tonight is Gino Patrizio. He's the Chief Executive Officer of Sutter Memorial Medical Center here in Modesto. Memorial, of course, has had a long-time presence in our region, a 423-bed hospital, now part of the Sutter Health Network. Gino, thanks for taking time to be with us. Let's jump right in. What are the major challenges you and your providers face right now? with COVID-19? Great question, Mike. You know, the interesting thing about this is that the COVID-19 pandemic is unlike anything that we've faced in, in our lifetime, given its societal impact, not just locally, not just regionally, not just nationally, but worldwide. And to make it even more complex, it's a pandemic with information that is constantly evolving. So there are still many unknowns. The, the good news is that Sutter Health, which operates Memorial Medical Center, where I have the privilege of, of working, is a complex integrated healthcare network. So we're, we're uniquely prepared for unprecedented times like these. The biggest challenge again as i said is that the circumstances remain fluid which means for us we have to remain in a heightened state of surge readiness in a heightened state of vigilance with regard to the interventions uh, and adjustments we've made to ensure that we're protecting our team members protecting our patients protecting our providers and still being the best stewards of healthcare that we can be for this community. I would imagine some of that must keep you up at night a little bit. I mean, you're looking at a moving target in some ways, right? It it is a little bit of a moving target in that we, you know, we simply don't know what the next phase of this pandemic will be. We're optimistic that the behavioral changes that we've made as a society have had a positive impact. I know there are opinions on multiple sides of that question, but we're optimistic that the changes we've made have helped flatten the disease curve and have helped get us back on the the track toward uh, a more normal life. Um, But it certainly has made for some, some interesting long days, late nights, and, um, and unique questions and puzzles that we've, uh, we've pieced together as, uh, as a system through Sutter Health and as a, as a hospital here locally. So what adjustments have you needed to make at the hospital in, in response to the virus, uh, maybe in terms of protocols, infection control, and, and those, uh, uh, those sort of uh, items? Sure, sure. Let me start by saying that both Sutter Health and Memorial Medical Center and the the fine people that work here have a long history of caring for patients with complex illnesses, including complex infectious diseases. So our teams here uh, and throughout our system are trained and equipped to provide the highest quality of care while still protecting the safety of our patients, which is our highest priority, but also protecting the safety of our physicians, our team members, our visitors, and uh, ensuring that we remain sustainable as a community asset for healthcare. We have developed 
standard work around the new COVID-19 pandemic and made a number of adjustments. First of all, uh, and this has been a little bit difficult for the public to adjust to, but I'm very proud to say that, that they've been been wonderful partners, and that's that we have had to temporarily suspend visitation at the hospital. Uh, and I know that's a, a, a bit unusual, uh, and we do have some exceptions to that for people that have relatives that are at the end of their journey uh, for a labor partner, for those patients who are bringing life into the world, uh, and for certain other situations. But generally speaking, we have suspended visitation. We've also implemented a number of strategies to ensure that our personal protective equipment, what everyone refers to as PPE, that our pipeline for that equipment is solid, it's uninterrupted, and that our teams will remain equipped both today and in the future. We've, um, we've in terms of managing patient flow, for those patients who test positive, we have created a cohort environment where they are seg segregated from the rest of the patient population and separated from the rest of the patient population uh, so that our team members can uh, make sure that everyone in, connect in contact with those patients are appropriately protected, that we, um, that we have um, all the necessary safeguards in place for, for all of those folks that have uh, any connection with the patient or the patient's care. Um, this starts as early as the emergency department. For those patients that come to our ER with signs or symptoms suggestive of COVID-19, which generally reflect signs or symptoms of upper respiratory illness, or anybody that comes and reports traveling, uh, to a foreign country, although we know that's that's become uh, a bit of a non-issue over the last few weeks as we've gotten into the second stage of this pandemic. But um, but anybody that comes to the ER, uh, we have a separate track for those patients with those signs and symptoms, which again segregates them from uh, the rest of the patient population, puts them in a safe environment where they are appropriately distanced from other patients. They are given their own personal protective equipment to wear, and anybody taking care of those people are connected with their care has the appropriate personal uh, protective equipment. So lots of things really like that, but those are the two most outward-facing changes that we've made. I would add one last thing. Like all hospitals, uh, that are responsible, we have uh, suspended elective surgery, which means we have suspended those surgical procedures that can be safely postponed until we are at a more steady state relative to this disease. We see a, a lot of news coverage about the outstanding healthcare providers across the nation. You know that are, are meeting great challenges under some really tough conditions. How's your staff doing? What have you seen in them uh, during the past month or two as as we're dealing with this unusual uh, pandemic? Pastor Mike, I I am I'm I'm so proud. It almost brings tears to my eyes. These people are so courageous. They're so selfless. They show up to work every single day. Uh, they put on their personal protective equipment. Uh, they engage with these patients just as they would if it were a member of their own family. Uh, 
and um, and they do everything they can to make sure these people get the absolute best possible care. Our team is so resilient here from our highest, uh, our most highly trained physicians and surgeons to our licensed clinical staff of nurses, therapists, uh, technicians, uh, to our support staff and everyone from the folks that help keep the place clean and infection-free to the folks that support in the background, all the way down to the folks that even help answer phones. Uh, I just am so proud of the universally positive and engaged response I've gotten from this just remarkable team of healthcare professionals. Now, you've been at uh, Memorial Medical Center now for about two years. Is that right? More than two years? Coming right up on two years. Well, but you have a few decades of experience ahead of that with other medical facilities and in law as well. Anything you've ever seen in your whole career that compares to what we're looking at right now? You know, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, I will say that, um, that, that those who work in, in healthcare, I have learned have, what I would describe as a, as a real calling to it. They're drawn to it for, for the right reasons, just overwhelmingly drawn to it for the right reasons. For somebody like me, who's a, you know, a, a, by background, a healthcare lawyer uh, with, um, with, you know, with some business experience, uh, the decision to transition into healthcare management, which I made almost two decades ago, uh, is, is the best decision that I could have possibly made because it is such a privilege, a genuine privilege for somebody like me that doesn't have the gifts that, that these remarkable people have, but someone like me to be part of an organization like Sutter Health that cares for people when they are absolutely at their most vulnerable. It's just a, a absolute privilege and a pleasure to be part of it. In terms of, of what this would compare to, you know, uh, healthcare workers have been through, they go through flu season every year where we see a seasonal influx of people with flu symptoms. And some of those people have very bad outcomes too. We've been through the SARS epidemic and the the big Ebola, what I would describe as the Ebola scare, which really didn't, fortunately didn't permeate into our country the way it did in, in some other places in the world. So, Folks are, are, that do this for a living, these real professionals, they're accustomed to rolling with the punches. They know this won't be, in all likelihood, the last curveball that's thrown at them as healthcare professionals, which is why they're so adept at responding to this challenge. Well, given all of your experience, uh, Gino, how have you personally grown as, as a healthcare leader in terms of maybe gaining new insights and lessons learned through this particular experience with COVID-19? Sure. Great question. The, um, I will tell you that, that every day, and I say this with as much humility as, as, I, as I can using words, I try to be a, a student of of healthcare leadership, a student of hospital leadership, and learn every single day from the remarkable people around me, including the people that choose to come here and seek care. I learn as much from them and their family members as I do from our team members. Uh, and what I've learned 
in, in this experience is that the capacity for people to grow, to adapt, and to overcome is, is truly, truly limitless. Uh, and we as a society, we, we will overcome this, we'll beat this, and we'll push it back, and we uh, will be justifiably proud and every day I get reminded of that, and uh, and I try to take that home with me, and um, and and that's what 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 gets me up every morning. It's what gets me in here, energized anew, uh, with uh, one goal in mind as a leader, and that's to make sure that that these folks have all the tools and resources they need for them to be successful in accomplishing their mission, which is to care for our patients. I've been here in this area now for about 25 years, round numbers, and one of the things that impressed me, uh, Gino, in coming here was the the sense of collaboration uh, within this region, this county, and in this city of Modesto. And I, I know, you know we all have our differences and we all have bumps in the road, but I do think there is a special community spirit here in terms of rising to the challenge, working together. Uh, what have you seen in terms of collaboration uh, between the medical center and the community and, and also with, with county health, which I, I imagine is, is one of the uh, agencies that you have to work very closely with? You know what? Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to address that. Let me start by saying um, the county folks have been absolutely wonderful to work with all of the all of the the public servants that I've encountered whether they are one of our local mayors one of our local city councilmen whether one of our county supervisors or our county administrative leadership they have been absolutely wonderful wonderful to work with my our county administrator Jody Hayes has been a great partner they have helped us procure supplies they have collaborated with us in terms of community strategies. Uh, they have made themselves available to us day and night. His public, uh, our public health officer, his assigned uh, public health officer, Dr. Weisham Payam, who I refer to as Dr. V, uh, she has been a, a, just a wonderful partner as well, a great source of knowledge and information, uh, a true community steward as well. Uh, and they've been wonderful to work with. All of our partners across the healthcare industry, whether they are our first responders, you talk about courage, but our first responders in law enforcement and EMS and the fire departments, uh, to our my hospital partners in, in our other facilities, to our post-acute providers, the folks that operate uh, post-acute facilities like the beautiful rehab hospital we have down the road, uh, the skilled nursing facilities that we have here, uh, they've every single one of them have made themselves available to me, to each other, uh, to collaborate when we have a problem or an issue and we're trying to come up with the best solution or best intervention to serve the community the best. Everyone has participated selflessly uh, and participated with one single goal in mind, and that is to be, again, a true community steward. And lastly, I will say that I am overwhelmed, overwhelmed with gratitude uh, from the donations and the gestures that we have gotten from the members of the public. We have gotten countless, countless offers and donations from people 
whom I have never met, and I look forward to the day when I can shake their hands again or embrace them and say thank you personally for the food donations, the clothing donations, the mask donations, uh, everything that they can think of, even to the point of of leaving chalk art on our walkway, saying thank you to our team members here. Uh, I am just overwhelmed with gratitude by what I've seen from this community. And it reinforced once again what I learned in my first few weeks here, Mike, which is that this is truly a blessing for my family and I to be able to come here to Modesto and become part of this community. Well, in talking about the public especially, and it sounds like you're, you're getting some tremendous uh, response from the public in general. If, if people have questions, if they want to know more about what Memorial uh, Hospital is doing in terms of addressing the challenge, how do people get connected and, and learning about your capabilities and accessing the care and the advice that they really need right now? Sure. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. The, um, the best way, though, the absolute best way is we have a nurse advice line that is available 24-7, and it is open to both established Sutter Health patients and non-Sutter Health patients alike. It is a resource for every single person who wants to access it, every single person. And the number for that is... 866-961-2889. And that is our advice line, and that can connect any member of this community to a clinical resource if they are of the mind and of the heart to make a donation. It can connect them to the folks that will help, uh, uh, help them accomplish that. Uh, and again, that's open for every single member of, of our community. And that number, again, is 866-961-2889. And thus far, Gino, what, what type of action have you received on that line? Uh, are, are people calling and saying, gee, I don't know if I have it or not? Uh, what, what, what type of uh, re- requests or what, what type of uh, interaction are you receiving at the moment on that line? Yeah, we're we're mostly getting questions about how to manage uh, somebody feeling like they may have been exposed or may have some symptoms. That's the majority of the calls. Um, And we have different tracks and different uh, pathways for those folks, depending on what their presentation is. We also get calls on that line about a whole myriad of other things from you know, I need to get a new physician and I want to establish a new physician and we can help with that. All the way through uh, many calls per day for people that want to make donations, either locally or to our system. And again, we're happy to help with that as well. So we get really things just across the board from that, uh, the whole, the whole um, spectrum of, of questions and concerns and calls to that line, and they're all appropriate. Gina, what would you say to the public about continuing protocols? I, in, in my sphere, 
Uh, I sense uh, some frustration, you know, at times. Uh, we've all risen up and, and we're observing the, the six-foot distancing and we're doing the best we can to stay in our homes except for uh, e- essential services trips and, and such. And, and yet, time is wearing on and I think there's, you know, some natural frustration on the part of, of many people. Uh, what would you say to the general public right now about keep on keeping on and, and the things that are important for us to continue to do to, to flatten the curve and, and, and to get the upper hand on this virus? Boy, I tell you, you, you said it, you said it best. Keep on keeping on. Um, I love that. I will tell you that what I would ask the, the public to do is to, is to trust in our leadership, our county leadership, our state leadership, um, who have just very, very well thought out plans, very, very thoughtful. And everyone that I've interacted with who is a public official is moving heaven and earth to ensure that they have all of the information that they can get, all of the perspectives that they can get before they make recommendations for behavior changes, for things that could be described as restrictions, uh, and and their their plans and their recommendations are, are very well thought out and they are tied to what the evidence tells us are the best things to do. So what I would say is, is I would implore you members of the public to do what my family and I do when I'm not at work, which is hunker down for just a little bit longer, make good choices, wash your hands as often as you can think of to wash your hands, keep social distance. Again, we're hoping it's just for a little bit longer and we'll have this in our rear view and we'll be better prepared as a society the next time this comes back around. My sense, Gino, is uh, that we're not going to b- go back to what we knew as normal, that there will be, uh, we're, we're in an abnormal right now, obviously, but we're, we're going to be facing a, a new normal. Is your sense that uh, as a society, as a culture here, that we're going to see a, a new way to adapt to how we deal with each other and to uh, prevent uh, this, this type of spread in the future? I, I, I think so. I think so, Mike. And it's, it's hard to say how profound it will be. And that goes back to one of the very first things that, that I said when we started chatting today, which is that so much of this is unknown. It's like looking down an unfamiliar road into a bank of fog, and we're just not sure which way this is going to go in terms of uh, disease progression and whether this will rear its ugly head again or whether we will have a vaccine and whether the vaccine is effective for a year or for your lifetime. There are so many unknowns that it's, it's very difficult to predict what type of behavior changes we will likely, uh, will likely endure. But it's, it's reasonable, I think, to presume that when we get back to what we will generally agree is a sense of normalcy, it'll look a little bit different than what it looked like before we we encountered this. Lastly, uh, Gino, and uh, you have a lot of people under you, obviously, and and I'm not here to to force you into being self-serving at all in this statement. But w- what do you do to keep your your staff, your medical professionals, your support staff? Uh, what what are you doing to keep them? 
energized because I know they're tired. Uh, it, as as we look at some of these providers on on television news, you see their eyes. They they are tired. So as as CEO, uh, what are some of the things that that you are doing to to keep them uh, motivated and and energized? And uh, as we just talked about, to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, really, really put a lot of a lot of time and, and thought and effort into our staff's wellness. We have a number of different resources we use for that. One of them is we actually have a wellness program through Sutter Health to help provide certain types of resources for people with certain types of, uh, of issues or crises or concerns. Uh, from our standpoint, really here locally, we really try to ensure that we're rotating our staff through their responsibilities in a manner that allows them to recharge their batteries. So we don't compel people to work, you know, too many days in a row. And um, the good news is that uh, through a combination of, of the way that we live here in the Central Valley, the way that we've responded as a society, uh, both in terms of our interventions and our lifestyle changes, uh, and with perhaps a little bit of luck, we haven't been overrun by this uh, by this disease, by this pandemic, and that has allowed us to ensure that we can allow our staff to rotate and and give them the enough breaks uh, and enough time downtime to keep their batteries recharged. The other thing that we've done is, as a leadership team is we are treating this, and this starts with the very highest levels of Sutter Health, and we are treating this as a true emergency, which means we have stood up all of our emergency preparedness infrastructure so that we have resources available, including leadership on site, available day and night uh, to ensure that our staff is connected with us. We are receiving their feedback and um, taking, taking that feedback and turning it into actions or interventions or changes. And, um, and, and that's what we're doing here. And as a result, I will, I'm, I'm really proud to say, and if there's, there's one last message I'd like the public to know, and that is that even through this pandemic, we here at Sutter Health Memorial Medical Center, we are here for you. We are here with all of the resources and infrastructure that we had before this pandemic afflicted our communities. Uh, And we will be here after this is over. So whatever your needs are, we are here for you 24-7. Gino Patrizio, CEO of Memorial Medical Center in Modesto, thanks for taking time to visit with us in the midst of the coronavirus challenges for healthcare providers. For Advancing Vibrant Communities, I'm Mike Douglas.